Yo, what up? It's Moon from Greek Fire, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Jason, all of Chris. Yo. Oh, surprisingly, we're doing another one. Yep. <laughs> so as uh, as it's always funny as us us as podcasters and other podcasters, when you're doing reporting stuff, as in reporting on the any news or any happenings, it's always after you turn on hit the stop recording button when stuff happens without fail. And within days of us. Posting the last episode, which was a, still had a good chunk of news, which we thought would be enough for at least a little bit, uh, everything happened. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so we, we had not only um, a Blues player retire, kind, I mean, speculated for quite some time, but yeah. but we kind of knew to a degree something was up. The NHL decided on everything. The season, we officially have a season to talk about. Thank God. A new alignment type. Uh, the Blues in a different division. So that's an interesting thing we'll talk about. Uh, a couple little Blues notes right now. Uh, Blues player was named the top sports personality for top fifty last 50 years in St. Louis. Which is a little shocking. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we'll go into that. The Blues have a new, new assistant GM where he plays the Bill Armstrong. Yes. Uh, the Blues have supposedly a new captain on the way. We'll get into all that on this week's episode. So we're recording on the tw- night of the 22nd, so uh, obviously something happens. Which we have you a know, feeling it will happen tomorrow. Happen tomorrow. The schedule should drop the new season is what I was reading right before we hit the uh, record button. So so Blues will have a new uh, schedule out, 56 games, and we'll get into that. First, let's go to all the Blues news before we get to the full NHL breakdown. Uh, minor Blues news first. Blue's new assistant GM is somebody who's already been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Miller, not that Ryan Miller, not that one, not the not the one that we acquired for Buffalo back in the day. Correct, not the uh, Ryan Miller, who's been working with the team for quite some time now. He's kind of been uh, uh, Doug Armstrong's right hand man when it comes to cap, you know, cap reasons and other Correct. stuff. So he is guy who's worked his way up once again is going to be the new assistant GM. So congrats to him. So. Another Blues news, which eh, minor Blues news, I guess. Uh, Brett Hall was named the top sports personality by the like St. Louis what, Sports Commission, something like that. Yeah, uh, for the last for over the last fifty years. And mind you, it was a fan vote. It wasn't just like right. I think that's key. Yeah. So Brett Hall was up there. The next highest person, next highest one, um, was Vladimir Tarasenko, but he was down in the teens. Oh. Uh, was it Ryan O'Reilly in there? Yeah, Ryan O'Reilly is higher than Tarasenko. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm looking at my list again. So, Ryan O'Reilly is a little bit higher than Tarasenko. He's number six. Yes. But then Tarasenko. Which I think is very high in both cases. And then Tarasenko is in there, and along with – actually, Alex Petrangelo is still in there. Yeah, I, that makes sense. Yeah, and then Bob Plager is way down on the list. So, yeah. uh, Brett Hall is a kind of interesting, but I think the reason why he's up there is because he went from – over the last 50 years, obviously, he went from top sports super, like a biggest name in the town, basically, 
you know, obviously retired, came back as a front office person, and then he was everybody's favorite drunk uncle two years ago. And Boy, I think, was he. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think that's why he's so fresh in the Blues mind, where, like, you have Red Hall, you know, all the antics that happened, the getting on stage during the rally, um, at the Blues games when he's just yelling, him flipping off the Dallas players and mm-hmm. wearing a Ric Flair drip shirt, which is still, like, one of my favorite things. I forgot about that until I started doing – Reading this, you know, getting ready for tonight again. I forgot about the Ric Flair drip shirt, which is. Let's not forget the picture of him rubbing his nipples. Yes. <laughs> so great. So there's a lot of different things. So interesting thing there, which, like I said, a little surprising, which I don't think would have happened unless for all the antics from the 2019 Cup win. Yeah, I think that most certainly played a role into. Uh, into what was going on and why he made that jump to number one. Because i got to be honest, the fact that he beat out any number of Cardinals, um, Ozzie Smith, who I believe was number two on the list, yeah, um, Albert Pujols, um, Tony La Russa. Like, I, I, could, I could give you probably a dozen. Molina, Molina yeah, Wainwright I, even. I, I could yeah. give you probably a dozen Cardinals that I, I would have thought would have placed higher than anyone current or former Blues just because of how prolific the Cardinals have been forever in this city. And that's nothing against the St. Louis Blues. But St. Louis is always going to be a baseball town. Um, So it's great that Hall got it, but it was a little shocking. Yeah, I think it was definitely uh, shocking to see him get that kind of honor right off the bat. So – Congrats. Sure. Sure. So um, now some more current Blues news. The big one, which we've speculated for a while, we talked about how Alexander Steen got hurt in the bubble. Um, You know, didn't really say what was wrong. And then it kind of came out throughout this, this, you know, I guess late summer now, technically early fall, that he, you know, might not be him and Terrace Inc. were not going to be ready, which we thought was right. wow, that's real interesting that he won't they won't be ready. And then all of a sudden, there was a just random uh, it was kind of later at the night, too. Steen just they called and he calls it a career. Basically, he has degenerative uh, I say degenerative disc disease, but I mean, basically, it's hard for him to. Do some basic stuff right now is what he right. what we kind of find out. He kind of did a little uh, press conference today with the twenty second, and he's where he got a little emotional talking about things. And he just they said basic stuff in his life was getting difficult, like getting out of a car and like sitting and laying down was just like it's he had it's very hard for him to do basic things, which led to this decision. So with the blues. 12 years total. So remember the trade. I can vividly remember the trade. Unfortunately, I know Jeff Ponder reached out to me to do the Let's Go Blues uh, radio did a nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Uh, kind of retrospective. Era. A lot of people said their favorite Steen story. I know you were one of them. I just unfortunately didn't have time. And so, but go check that episode after you get done listening to this one. It's a very good episode. So, um, Steen was with us for 12 years. So obviously, first couple years. Okay. In Toronto. Well, in Toronto, oh, he started. Yeah. Remember, he was technically a flop because he was a first-round pick. And he was kind of considered the throw-in on the trade. I was at the game the night before the trade. Lee Stepniak scored the overtime winner against Anaheim. Mm-hmm. 
the next night he was traded because he just started getting – the year before that, he kind of lost his scoring touch. He was just starting to get it back that season, and then we traded it for technically Carlo Koliakovo and Alexander Steen, who was considered the throw-in on the right. deal because Koliakovo was considered like the main piece because he's also a former first-round pick. So you're getting two former first-round picks for at least Stepniak. And everybody, you know, that wound up being one of the – outside of the O'Reilly trade in the current era, that has to be one of the best trades – in the yeah. current, I say current era. I'm not saying overall. I mean, obviously, I, I would say for the value you got, you could say Hall, Demetri, and say those trades too. For for a while, Steen was the guy on this team. Yeah, he was the you know face of the team, but one of the top guys on the team who played all situations and you know 700 total 765 games, which is crazy to think about. He's with us that long total 12 yeah. years total games. He's fourth overall. I mean, he's. Uh, I think Bear Jackman was number two on the list, so he's behind him. Ninth in goals, one ninety-five. Fifth in points for four hundred ninety-six. So he kind of battled injuries the last couple of years, and also took a you want to call it demotion or whatever, but went down to the fourth line. Yeah. So you're not going to get the points or get the playing time. You, you basically are a grinding role. He took that role, and you got to say, like, if he didn't take that role, that's one of the many weird pieces that fell into place. During the 2019 run. Agreed. Because that line wound up being Great. key, especially yeah. during the San Jose series where they for sure took over the last three or four games after the hand pass game. They pretty much had a hand in almost every game. Even, I think, the hand pass game, they had a goal. I think, I think Steen, right. Steen had a goal, I think, that game, actually, the first goal for the Blues. Yeah. So, it's kind of sad to see him go, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, I <clears throat> I've had time to reflect on it. Uh, when it first happened, my first thought, honestly, was, thank God it's about time. Um, and then I got a little bit mad of, you know, this is the conspiracy theorist of me is like, man, did you wait this long just to screw over Petro one more time? Because <laughs> it was no secret that those two did not like each other. Yeah, there was definitely a locker room riff where who uh, was, quote, unquote, the, the leader, captain or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you look back and – he has such a large footprint in the history of this team um, in, you know, obviously the 2019 run, the 2016 run, uh, all the way back to, like we were just saying, you know, he was one of the faces of this team for a long time. One of your leading scorers. Um, a close second uh, on my list of favorite Alex Steen moments was the triple overtime goal against Chicago. Yep. Uh, happened right in front of me. I was up in the arena club on a rail looking straight down at the goal when it happened to triple overtime. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is probably, aside from when the Blues eliminated San Jose in 19 and won the West, probably the loudest I've ever heard that arena. Uh, Just because, you know... the longer that game went on, the more you're like, oh, my God, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. They're going to mm-hmm. lose. And this was the Ryan Miller year. Yep. You know, like, so you know, hopes were high, sky high. And uh, it was such a great goal. Um, you know, he has his hand in a lot of things in Blues history. So I, uh, I think that we'll see him around in some capacity. Um, but it was a good career. You hate to see anyone's career end due to an injury, be it a – uh, catastrophic injury or a nagging injury, uh, but it was a good run for Steen in St. Louis, and I think that his uh, 
his legacy as a St. Louis Blue is set. Yeah, like I, I, I'll bring this up to you, and I think I know the answer, but I'll say because I know a couple people brought it up. Number retired. I don't know. I, I say no. I mean, I, I don't. I know, I know. I know. Blues fans are fans of constantly doing that. Yeah, I don't think so. Good career, yes. Yeah. Under, I say he'll be one of you look, looking back on there because I saw somebody put this online. It was so well put. Like he'll be looked back in that group of like underrated blues where people like kind of crapped on him later in because of his contract. Yeah. But like some guys who kind of get forgot about when you bring up like your favorite blue, your or favorite blues memories, our favorite players and stuff. Right. And there's some guys that don't get brought up. Like he'll be in that group, like Pierre Turgeon, for example. I think like yeah, I think Pierre, I, that's, I think, that's I think, a great example. I mean, I mean, because I mean. Outside of you, let's be honest. Like, if you, not many people would, like me, especially, like, I remember Craig Janney. Right. But what I, you know, what sure. I like, I think he's in that group too, where how great. how great he was for a couple years. You could put Brendan Shanahan in there. Exactly. There's guys that were underrated those couple, couple years. Right. You know, for certain, certain players, a lot of players we can go through, but I'm saying that I think Steen's going to go in that lump of group of players. Where I would agree with that. Had a very good career, but when they look back, like, Let's say 15 years from now, like you'll look back and it's like, oh yeah, Alexander Steen scored that over that one goal against the Kings or that goal against Chicago, mm-hmm. or he was part of that that run in 2019. Right. Like I think he'll be kind of remembered like that. Um, that's not a bad thing by any no, means. No, not not at all. But I think uh, he kind of said today that he doesn't know what his next step is. He don't know if he'll, you know, come back and coach, manage, scout, whatever. He's kind of just. I, th- I think it's just this is like take a year or two and I think that he at some point he's going to be back. I think so too, but he did not. I I think watching the press conference today uh, on the Blues website, I don't think he. It's the I think he knows it's the right call for his body not to do it, but I think mentally he's, he's still not hundred. It looked like he was like fighting it still, like he like he knows that like man, I still want to like the mind wants to go, but the body won't let. Sure, him, basically, I, it reminds me a lot of. Um, Scott Upshaw, yeah, uh, and there's you know there's, there's been a few other players like that in recent Blues history that have you know the body has just given up. And, and, and we can and we can well, we can bring this up because it will say uh, our one of our favorite stories, a uh, Paul Korea with this concussion thing. Yeah, you for know, sure. You no, know. but it, yeah. So but I think um, yeah he'll be remembered for a lot of things. So but uh, at least for recent Blues fans, like in the last you know. I think overall in the pantheon of Blues history, I think he's going to fall in that group of underrated Blues. And, I agree. Um, and an instrumental part of the our first cup run. So yep. congrats to him on a you know fantastic career. Uh, a dude who is also, let's not forget that, awesome in the community. Yes. Like constantly over at Children's Hospital, constantly mm-hmm. donating his time. So Blues will lose that kind of you know leadership too. So now – Real before we transition to about the season, the Blues have lost a lot of "quote unquote" leadership. If you want to say, yeah, Petro, Bowmeister, Steen, Allen, mm-hmm. all gone in one off season, which is a big chunk, like a big chunk of like that that core from five you know five years ago where we had that core. Like this is the team that's like the Ryan Miller years sure. and stuff. Like this is the team that's going to bring us to the promised land. Now that core is officially kind of gone. Yeah, you know it's kind of weird to say, but that core is gone. Do you think um, that's going to have a factor in on this season? Um, yes and no. I 
you're not going to mitigate the loss of an Alex Petrangelo. I think that to a much lesser degree, Allen and Steen, you know, Allen was essentially a backup. Steen was a, was now a fourth liner. Um, I think that there's going to be a small change, but I, I think that, you know, this team, and you've seen it over the course of really 2019 and, and, and then last year, the leadership has switched. Aside from Petrangelo, this is a team that's led by Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Colton Pareko, um, you know, uh, to a lesser extent, Tarasenko, uh, Braden Shen, players like that, even David Perron, uh, who's in the last year of his career, uh, not career, but contract. Um, so I think that there's going to be a little bit of a transition, but I, I think that the biggest piece that you have to transition from, honestly, is Petro. And I think that falls squarely on the shoulders of our best friend that we like to talk about all the time, who is it's time for him to step up in year two, and that's Justin Falk. He's got to step up and take a bigger role in this team, both on the ice and off. Yep, I uh, agree with you there. I think um, we're going to see the kind of leadership kind of group kind of lightly change now, which will kind of we'll transition to that talk. Um I think Pareko is going to be your guy on defense is going to have to step up along yep. with Justin Falk. I think I think you're right there. I think Justin Falk, you're signed now for a long time. You're yeah. you're locked in, man. Like it's time for you to step up and show that you, last year was you just uncomfortable fitting in and just couldn't find the right spot for you. Yeah. Now it's time for you to like, okay, now you're going to have a bigger role. You're going to play twenty plus minutes a night, and you're going to mm-hmm. be the guy on probably the. Probably the second, maybe in the first power play unit, yep. depending on how they do things, because you know Krug's going to probably slide in definitely on the first power play unit. Agreed. Um, and then on forwards, I think Jaden Schwartz also included in that group. I think yep, to a lesser sure. degree. And now, which is supposedly reported by Jeremy Rutherford, friend of the show, that the Blues are expected to name Ryan O'Reilly the twenty third captain of the St. Louis Blues. In, Not a shock. In any time, I mean, we're recording on the twenty second. I kind of thought the 23rd, 23rd captain, 23rd, it kind of right. makes sense. Uh, that's a possibility. But we kind of – we've talked about this in the offseason since the since we got – the bubble was bursted, basically. We talked about who's going to be – and Petra was gone. Uh, we kind of talked about who would be the captain. We kind of narrowed it down to three people. Yep. We pretty much said, you know, O'Reilly is the overall favorite. We kind of said Braden Shen since he's kind of locked in for a while. An outside chance of somebody like Preco where they do like a pronger type thing right. where they would do that. So we thought Ryan O'Reilly, which, I mean, you, you have to say, like we've talked about this, it has to be the greatest trade in St. Louis Blues history. I mean, it's just – It's it, up it, there, man. It just adds to the, like, legendary status of it. It's just the amount of guys that didn't work out for one reason or another there from the injury from Spoka being injured – Berglund just not liking it there and just up and leaving. Tage Thompson just still not really panning out. I mean, he still had an injury, but still not panning out. Right. And then they have two draft picks. One's this, one's in 2021. They've already made one. So hopefully one of the, the Thompson or the other draft pick works out. But right now. Yeah, you don't want to see them get fleeced. Yeah. I, know, I hate right, to see anyone get fleeced in the trade. Because right now it seems like that's the case in one way or another. So, uh, Captain, like you said, we're not surprised. No, I'm not means. surprised. Um, I mean, he did everything you asked for. First year comes in, leads the team in points, leads the league in faceoff percentages. First yep. year, guides the team to a 
Stanley Cup uh, win. So and Conn Smythe winner, Stanley Cup winner, yeah, Selkie Award winner, yeah. So I mean, can't really ask for much more. He was nominated for this uh, Selkie again, so I can't really ask for much more from the guy. So not a bad choice. Now I have to get my jersey changed. <laughs> I just got the A put on it literally like three months ago, right before, I, right during the bubble. I got the retro jersey. Yeah, I got the A put on, and I'm like, oh, we're good to go. And then nope, nope, get that changed out. So I'll be all right with changing it out, though. Who do you think the A's go to? That's an interesting question. I think I think you're looking at I would say Pareko and either. Probably Braden Shen is my guess. Yeah. Somebody on defense, somebody on it. And right now, Krug could work his way in there eventually. But he, I agree. I heard he's a pretty good locker room guy. But, I mean, obviously, he's first. He's new. So, yeah. he really haven't been here. Um, you got to think Prawn's in that mix. Schwartz is in that mix. Mm-hmm. I think you got a lot of people that's pretty much there. I mean, you might even see somebody like Justin Falk. I mean, he's been around the league. I agree. He wants somebody. So, there's a lot of guys that they could do the A's. Like, they used to do the A's. Like, two guys who were at home got the A's. Yeah. And guys who were away got the A's. Who knows if they do something like that. Because they are going to have a, quote-unquote, leadership group. Right. Of people. So, I mean, it could be a group of five guys. And they have, you know, the four guys rotate the A's or whatever they want to do. Home and away. They did that, what, last A couple year? years couple ago. A year, couple years ago they did that, which I thought was odd. But fine by me. Whatever. So, O'Reilly is now the captain. Steen is now retired. The Blues have some cap room uh, following up on the whole Steen thing. Armstrong said they're, the cap room is very weird and have to do stuff. If they basically disqualify him now, you get a certain percentage of the 5.75. If they bring him in, which it looked like he was in St. Louis from the video today. It looked like mm-hmm. he was using the same kind of thing Armstrong did, but I could be wrong. Um, if he comes in and he gets fails the medical – then they can get the whole 5.75 like off the cap as long-term right. IR. Same with Tarasenko. They'll do the same thing. He'll be disqualified. So they'll get a total of like almost $13 million off the cap. Uh, the Blues still have Vince Dunn, the, the sign. So the, we got till January 13th. Well, January 3rd is when camp opens. Right. Uh, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, but the rumors going around is people are getting signed. Connor Sheary got signed to Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like as of literally right before we got on again, Mikhail Granlin returned to Nashville. Nashville and he did not fit in there well. So that's kind of interesting for Agreed. 3.75. And the big one out here, which everybody, a lot of people are pushing on the uh, internets right now is Hoffman to St. Louis. Is he an RFA, UFA? UFA. So UFA been holding out for possibly a multi-year deal. Made about $5 million last year. Got to think – Probably I would roll. Wants at least I would roll Steen's salary into Hoffman for one year. I think. Well, I think it's worth a one-year kind sure. of gambit, just the because you don't have a Tarasenko right off the bat. Tarasenko right. is probably February, maybe even March at this point. Who knows? So you might not have him until halfway through the season, right? So you might have to. You got to have goal, and you look at the lineup. As much as I like the lineup, like I don't see a lot of goals in the lineup. I agree, and that's where you get worried. So we so got like Hoffman. As much as he's quote unquote, uh, say you want about the locker room stuff, we'll, we'll ignore that for now because it's all speculation. Sure. But not great. He's basically a one dimensional guy. But if you need goals, you might as well get the one dimensional guy. Agreed. For basketball, when, you, when your team sucks at shooting three pointers, you go and get a three point specialist. Or your team yeah. sucks at defense, 
you go to defense specialist, but he only scores four points a night. Right. So you sacrifice one thing for the other. Correct. You put him on a line with, let's say he gets on a line with, um, like, Shannon Schwartz, pretty, two pretty good defensive guys. Agreed. No, I, I, I think that there's tons of upside. And you're right. The Blues need some scoring. And uh, Hoffman is a guy who can put the puck in the net, and that's what we need. Um, I'm not concerned really about anything else. We have a bunch of good two-way players on all of our lines. So if we can get someone who we can feed the puck to and he can put it in the net, then go get him. Yeah. And plus the locker room I think is, as much as we talked about the leadership kind of ch- turning over per se, I still think you have a lot of strong leadership type guys in the locker room. I think Shen O'Reilly is considered yep. one of the you – know, a lot of people said coming here he was well, and a big locker, like lead by example guy. Look, so. I'll I'll – go straight to one that was always rumored to be a bad locker room guy, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. He uh, His attitude uh, pushed him out of Colorado, and his attitude pushed him out of Buffalo. You know, he got tired of losing. It's amazing what winning will do for an attitude. Yeah. So Mike Hoffman, let's be honest, Ottawa, not a good team. Florida, not a good team. Yeah. Um. So you get Mike Hoffman, you bring him into a team that you know has recently won a cup, that last year finished first in the West, um, that now has a winning culture, has a win-now attitude, not a build-for-the-future attitude. I think that attitude changes quickly, assuming that he can fit in with the team. But at the end of the day, I think that hockey players want to win and – Good players want to be surrounded by good players. And we have a lot of those here. So I, I think that, you know, if Armstrong does his due diligence and has a talk with the guy and gets a good vibe for his ability to fit in here and the players are down with having him in, I think, let's just be honest, you're looking at what would essentially be a Alexander Steen for Mike Hoffman trade straight up. That's a good trade. Yeah, I mean, and I think you have plenty of fourth-line guys to kind of fill. I think Mackenzie McEachern's good, good for, yep, like, full-time fourth-line duty. Yep. I think you have a couple other guys that work on their Look, way up. You bring Jordan Cairo in and get him some playing time on a higher line where he's going to have more skill players around him. See what he's got. Yeah. You know, we've gotten to that Let's point with Cairo right? where we've got to figure out what's going on with him. Because if you're not high on him or whatever, then you have a – you got to figure out a spot that's – like, if you're going to want to protect him for the – Expansion draft, you got to figure it out now. That's he, right. If he's if he's still at the point where you're like, I'm not sure if this guy's uh, even a fit for our team. Sure. Then you can either trade him or leave him unprotected, and he'll probably get picked up. And then you can, if you have right. other guys you like, right? You know. So, but the main news out of everything that we uh, are getting to is hockey season officially back. Yes. After looked a little scary there for a little bit because the owners kind of pulled like we don't. We're not mm. cool with the financial stuff. Uh, after agreeing to it, obviously, th- things didn't exactly work out the way they wanted financially. They thought it'd be better recovery, but there wasn't. Um, they backed off of that. Yep. And they got a lot of stuff finalized. So, the season is officially starting. starts January 13th through May 8th. It's a fast season. A fast season. So, total of 56 games. So, obviously, there's COVID did not go away, unfortunately, since the end of last season. It did not. So, realignment had to happen for one season, and it's very interesting. So, obviously – Yeah, it's weird. The border is closed yep. between Canada and uh, U.S. 
So there's very little, like, there's exceptions in there, which we can nitpick and get down and spend an hour or two doing all this stuff. Trades can happen, basically, but it's going to, it's kind of like, that's like the only thing, really. But travel between U.S. and Canada is not happening. So all seven Canadian teams are all in their own division called the North Division, which um, obviously in Vancouver and B.C. right now, they're not allowing games. So they might have to kind of relocate temporarily along with the San Jose Sharks, which there was a rumor today, which I think was just a rumor somebody threw out there. Throughout Kansas City is a place for the Sharks to play. Uh, I would imagine they're going to keep them on the West Coast. And they would go to maybe San Diego. I, I heard Air, I heard Arizona. I think out of California. I think because Arizona has less restrictions right now. They do. So and well, and the thing is, it's not necessarily California restrictions as much as it is Santa Clara. I think correct. Which yeah. is the same reason why the 49ers haven't been able to play their home games the last couple of weeks in San Francisco. Yeah. So that's still like, like I said. There's still some stuff up in the air, obviously. But I think the main points have been hammered out so far. So. The Blues are in a completely different division, which is what we're uh, talked about. So, compared to before, the Blues are in the Central Division, along with Chicago, Nashville, and uh, Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas. Yep. So, that's all changed. Indeed, it so has. Apparently, we are. We are. I know we're called the Gateway to the West, but I guess that's a hundred percent true now. Yep. So, uh, the West Division is the Anaheim Ducks. Arizona Coyotes, Colorado Avalanche, Los Angeles Kings, Minnesota Wild, San Jose Sharks, the Vegas Golden Knights, and your St. Louis Blues. It is a top-heavy division. That is uh, correct. That The Blues have a, as of the odds makers have right now, the Blues have a 9-2 chance to win the division. That is the third best odds. I saw both ESPN guys put the Blues in third in that division. I am thinking that's about right. I Colorado, I think, is stacked. Mm-hmm. I, Colorado is going to be a tough team unless they – Barring have, injuries. Barring injuries. So that's what got them in the playoffs, in the bubble. I think if they did not get injury riddled and they had, yep. like, their third or fourth string goalie, yep. I think if their goaltending holds up and they have a decent shot. I agree. I'll be honest. Uh, Vegas, who knows, depending on what happens with their uh, cap situation because they're still way over their cap. They're about six mil over. Yep. Like Tampa. Tampa designed a couple guys, and they're over a lot, too. So they're going to figure out something down there. Yep. So Vegas, depending who they trade. Man, I still think Vegas has a very good team. It's not just me ragging because of oh, no. anything because of Petro's on the team now. Vegas is very good. They're going to be very good. They're gonna be, their defense is top-notch now, especially Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, their center position is what we talked about before. I just don't like it all. Yep. But all the other teams haven't they made the playoffs last year. Uh, that would be Los Angeles, Anaheim, Arizona. Uh, I think Minnesota, Minnesota up there. Minnesota, man. Excuse me. San Jose didn't make it. So all your West teams, like all all the California teams, did not make it last Correct. year. San Jose, not great. They didn't do much in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Same with the Ducks. Same with the Coyotes. Coyotes were a wreck. So, oh, yes. Uh, like you said, very top-heavy. Like I said, I think Colorado and Vegas are two teams that are going to be your kind of you know tough teams to play against. Yeah, I would and say And I think so. the other ones, the Blues have always, for some weird reason, the uh, Blues always have struggled against uh, Arizona. Yes, especially recently. Yeah, which I don't know why. It's very odd that they uh, struggled that badly against them. But uh, who knows? So, let's see. Other division. 
So the north, we talked about the north. So that's Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg. The quote unquote central division now Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Tampa. You know what's weird about that? Mm. You're both of your Stanley Cup championship teams from last year are in the same division. Yeah. So it's going to be some weird. So, like, your finals, you could, like, be facing, like, for example, Canada could have somebody in the Stanley Cup finals for their first time since 2011. Yeah. Like, just because they have a division. Like, yeah. So it's going to work down is each division gets, yeah, four teams. You play basically your one versus four, two versus three, and then you get it down. Whoever wins that plays one of the other divisions and it's then reseeded by points. So you, you could be playing any one of those teams right. after that. So real quick, I just want to break this down because there's a lot of good – I highly suggest going to the Athletic and checking out Rutherford, Jeremy Rutherford's article kind of about like storylines going mm-hmm. through this year. And I thought this was interesting to show you the last three years how the Blues have fared against all the teams in their division. So okay. here's – and some of these are kind of shocking, honestly. I was kind of surprised. So Anaheim, they're 5-4. Five, they're five and four. Arizona, 3-5-1. and one. Colorado, they're 9-4. and four. Los Angeles five and three, Minnesota five four and two, San Jose four three and one, and the one that I was very shocked by, and then this will be hundred percent jinxing them now, so I apologize for that. The Blues don't have a regulation loss to Vegas in no. the last three years five zero oh, and four. Right. So it's interesting that they, you know, the two the top two teams they have the best records against yep. right now. So it's very interesting. Like we always talked about the Blues playing down to their competition in the past. Hopefully, it's not the case now. Agreed. Um. So, anyway, so the division thing is, uh, so we said the Central, which is odd. Um, looking now, I'm kind of happy they're in the West. Yeah, it, I mean. For team-wise, when we'll talk about the time thing in a second, sure. but go ahead. It's, from a competition point of view, it is top-loaded, but I think it's an easier road than the Central. Mm-hmm. The Central is brutal with Tampa and Dallas. Um <laughs> I think Carolina's Carolina is a very good team. Columbus. Columbus is I think I Columbus to me is the same as Carolina. They're dangerous. The, the defensive like more yeah. more defensive version than Carolina is. Florida, Chicago, who knows? Florida's and I think and mixed in with that. I think Florida yeah. can they have the talent there, they just haven't like yeah. flipped the switch yet. Nashville, I, mean, I don't know. Eh, Detroit, yeah. Detroit is be awful probably. Yeah. But but I mean, outside of that, you, but there's a lot more, there's a lot less question mark teams in the Central than there is in the West. In the West, you're just like that team is going to be Dog. not great. So, and then East, I think is East is stacked. Oh yeah, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington. Yep, that's a big. Lot. That's a big division. That is, uh, that's a going to be an interesting division. So, here's everything you need to know about the season coming up. So we talked about it the 13th through the 8th. Total 56 games. So, basically, you play every team eight times. Yep. So, four home and four away. More than likely, no fans in the stands. That is depending on, obviously, how things go. And supposedly, Florida said they're going to let 3,500 fans in there. If they can get 3,500. I don't think they get 3,500 fans if there's no COVID. Right. But that's just me. Uh, No preseason games. It's like, let's just get going, which is nice. The NFL did. Um, there's been talks of outdoor games, which, but nothing's really materialized because I think it just financially doesn't make sense. Agreed. Um, every team 
has your home thing. Schedule will be interesting. It'll be different. Mm-hmm. So the one thing, it's going to be like baseball. So, you know, when baseball, you know, you have home stands or the team comes, they play three to four games in a row. Like yeah. Usually four game, four days in a row. Yep. So it's kind of going to be like with hockey. Like a team's going to come in and it might be back-to-back nights or two games and three nights against the same team. So there's going to be like some bad blood kind of sure. brewing, which is interesting. So the Blues might go on the road and do like two games in Arizona and then have a day or two off, then go to – LA do two and then go so forth to do two, two, two and do these like a long road trip, then come home and sit at home for months. Yeah. It could be like a week or two, maybe not a week, but it could be like a month. They'd be at home where there's teams come through our place then right. just kind of sit there. So it's going to be interesting how they do that. We talked about the playoff format, which is the top four teams. Then it gets reseeded after, excuse me, after the completion of your division winners. So we get hockey. That's it's important. Um, so obviously for my, I know a lot of people complain about a couple of things. So two, one, two things, one, the time thing with us being quote unquote in the West. Uh, um, yeah. So the thing that they've talked about, and apparently they've already been discussing it, that since there's no fans in the stands, the reason why they have the games later in LA is you know, because it's traffic. Work, right. Yeah. It's also traffic work and all this other stuff. So they have the games later so they can actually have people in the stands and not like half full you know, till the end of the second period. Because, like, you lived out in L.A. Yep. And L.A. is not – traffic is not great there. No, it's 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 pretty crappy. And if you have traffic – so people complain about St. Louis traffic is nothing compared to L.A. No, no. I – like, I only was there for about 30 hours with you when we right. went to Comic-Con. And I was literally, like, shocked on, like – and you're just like, that's about normal. And it was yeah. like a Tuesday – what was it, like a – Tuesday it was like afternoon. Tuesday or something. We were just driving around, like – why is there so much traffic? Well, it's Tuesday. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why these have games later. So yep. they might have games even in the afternoon they talked about. So right. they're going to try their best to do not 930 games. They might just have to have some games like that. Sure. For TV scheduling. TV scheduling. And also people are saying like nobody's going to stay up and watch that. The ratings are about the same between a 7 yep. o'clock game and a 930 game for the Blues right now. I think they said you a don't point. You don't said, watch. I think they said a point two. Like – on the ratings, which isn't not much, so I really don't think that's gonna. No, be, it's, I I think it's a a bunch of sour grapes. It, it's everything will be. I fine. think it's. I think you see West, and that's what you're. My I even said that too. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But if hey, if they're gonna try their best, and maybe instead of having you know, say we could have had twenty games at nine thirty, and they do like ten games at nine thirty. Sure. Cool, I'll still be up. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you can find it, and that's my next thing. Right. So I have Hulu, have I still have Hulu, but it got Fox Sports Midwest got dropped from there. Got dropped from numerous places. So YouTube TV. Was there is a reason one. for that? I think it's just they couldn't agree on stuff, and uh, the people with Sinclair who now own the regional sports networks because they bought them from Fox after their sell off. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they're working on, it, but probably launch until the end of 2021 their own streaming app. Neat. So another thing you have to add course but if you get something where you say you ten pay 10 bucks a month but you can get all the different you know regional networks mm-hmm. so if you wanted if you were fans of tampa and you want to watch the tampa you know stream and the south fox sports southwest you could watch our southeast you can watch yep. that or you can watch southwest you can watch it the coyotes or you can watch you know la or whatever to me that's the one thing that i haven't liked about the nhl's um pay service 
is that you're still subject to blackouts. Yeah, I wish they would. If they lift that, I would buy the NHL thing in a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. It'd be, Absolutely. It'd be well now, worth here's bucks. the thing is I can buy the NHL plan through my television, through Spectrum, mm-hmm. and I don't get blackouts. But if you do it through the NHL on the computer, blackouts. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, because I would buy – because I – we don't have live TV anymore because we just took that off because we're not using it. I was going to bring it back for hockey, but they don't have it. So I was like, I'll just buy the app. But it's like, hey, if it's getting blacked out every time I try to watch a Blues game, and it's out of the 56 games, I only can then watch why? 38 or something like that. And then why am I going to pay? Then you charge me for 38 games, not 56. Exactly. So that's part of the issue with that. So hopefully that gets resolved. I got a feeling it's not going to be resolved this year. I think we'll just have to work a way around it. I'm not going to do any legal streams, but I'll figure out something. I have to just buy the AT&T app instead just for right. three months, four months, whatever it is, just to watch Blues hockey. So, But we get hockey back. So That's what's important. So, like I said, the Blues have a little bit of work to do. They got Vince Dunn. Yep. The sign. Possibly another person at forward, Mike Hoffman, with that money. Because you got to figure Tarasenko's coming back. So you really can't, quote, unquote, spend that money. No, but you can spend the Steam money. So the Steam money you can spend, and you, part of it's going to be on Vince Dunn. And who knows? Maybe a trade. If you bring a Mike Hoffman, maybe there's somebody you don't like. Somebody else at forward you're kind of like not high on. You can right. ship off and just get like a draft pick or something, or something, like that. Or something, whatever. But uh, team's pretty much set outside of that, so I'm interested. So, but we get hockey. So three weeks training camp. So training camp starts on January 3rd uh, for the teams that did not make the playoffs. So there's seven teams that were not in the bubble last year. So crazy enough. Like, we had a very abbreviated Blues season. Like, when they yes. came back, we only had, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks, maybe? Something like that. That they were in the bubble. And after that, it just – we had to wait a long time. Yeah. There's teams that had, like, for example, say Detroit or Ottawa. or even Yeah, Detroit or Ottawa. They played in middle March last year. That's yeah. the last time they've seen their team on the ice. So, they won't see their team on the ice for ten months, yep. which is – Crazy. I mean, crazy. So, imagine – not seeing blues hockey for 10 months. Yep. Even how much, even if they were bad and Detroit was really bad and let me wrong, but that's kind of crazy to think about. So very crazy. It's like a strike year. Yeah. So we'll do our, uh, we'll be working. I'll be working hard after the holidays here. Yep. To get some previews out. We'll probably just do a central. We'll probably wind up doing a West preview because since, you know, central, I'm always very privy on the central teams about who you're playing because, Obviously, you keep track of those because that's who the Blues play. Right. The West, I'll be honest, not 100% on some of the teams like Anaheim. I don't know a lot of their young players and stuff. And outside of John Gibson, I'm not really too – I know a couple of players. I know player names on their team, but I don't – Yeah, I, I, I agree. But, but it's one of those things where I know Errol Carlson and his dumb mustache and stuff is still over in San oh. Jose. And Brent Burns and his beard, you know. Without teeth. Yeah, no Joe Thornton though this year over there. So thank God. So he's in Toronto. So, well, they have Devin Dubnik now. So good for there. Good so for them. That won't help. But no. anyway, so I'll be working on that. We'll do a nice. I almost said Central preview. We'll do a nice Blues Western Division West Division preview coming weeks. So hopefully we'll have that by around when training camp starts. We'll do a West preview. I'll do my best. We're going to get some uh, other voices just to see how they think things are going to do. So uh, we'll go from there. So. Good stuff. So another kind of mildly bonus episode. Luckily, Chris was uh, available and stuff. And yeah, Christmas uh, s- scheduling a lot for. We had I had one night. I looked at Chris. I said, "Hey, do you want to record?" And he's like, "Sure." 
Or you said, sure. or you said, like, should we record? I'm like, well, as long as there's, I go, I think after Steen retired, I think my exact words were, as long as there's no other news. And I think two hours later, or maybe less right. than that, the breaking news thing came in. Or the, they have finalized the season. It'll be a 56 game season starting. And then I'm like, oh, great. And then I think, literally, as I work, I'm like, okay, we'll figure out a day. And then the O'Reilly thing broke like late that night. Right. And so we're like, well. I think our hands are forced to at least do some talk about something. So there's too much not to talk about and not a bad thing when it comes to blues hockey. No, not at all. So if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at blues hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And on Facebook and Twitter, it's at blues hockey podcast. And the website is blueshockeypodcast.net. You can download and listen to us on many different podcast apps, including Apple podcast, Google play, Spotify, Stitcher, and now Amazon Music. We're, oh, we're officially look at us. And audible.com. So after you get done uh, with the, your latest book, whatever free book you get, sign up for 30 days. You can head on over to the podcast. Hang on to the podcast as well. But we're on the free side. So there you Sweet. go. Sweet. So very cool to be on Amazon Music. So yes. my daughter was just tested it the other day. She asked for Alexa to play it and brought it up on the TV and started playing. Look at that. So I was like, oh, that's that's me. I'm on the TVs. I'm on the TVs. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's great. Uh, can we watch something else? Can I uh, play some Nintendo Switch? Yeah, she's like, can I, can I play Animal Crossing now? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Just don't uh, be proud of me or anything. It's cool. Like, that's what your dad does, but whatever. So Go catch a shark. I was like, yeah, go watch go watch Santa Jaws again. Which, <laughs> or what did we watch last night? Uh, Lamageddon. Lamageddon. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, what are we doing? But... Santa Jaws, at least, is a Christmas movie. So it is. We'll roll with it. It's online with Die Hard. It's a shark with... And Gremlins. Yeah. Real quick, Santa Jaws is exactly what it is. A shark with a Santa hat that eats people. That's about it. That's it. Merry Christmas. Exactly. Oh, good stuff. So, holidays are, what, three days away now? Yep. Three days away now. So, once again, which we said it once, we'll say it again. So, happy holidays to everybody. Indeed. Uh, and we have hockey officially back. So. Best Christmas present ever. Thanks, Santa. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, everybody, have a good holiday. And we'll be back soon with the preview of the Blues. Western season. Division. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs>